Uh, thank you, Reverend Walter. Praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. Uh, we are back here. We are back here. Praise the King. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Ah, let Jesus be exalted above everything else. Even as we start, I want us to worship in one song. Um, I believe that God, we need an infilling in this place, and I want us to worship. Peter, could you give me, oh, be lifted above all the other gods. We lay our crowns. Yes, Lord. Above all other gods. Yes, Jesus. We lay a crown. Yes, Lord. And worship. Father, be lifted in this place. Oh, be lifted. Above.
lift your eyes to Jesus. Present here online, lift your eyes to Jesus. Ah, we came for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We came for the one who is lifted above every other thing. We came for the one who sits on the throne. We came for the one who can change a situation. We came for that God. Lift up the King. Lord, be magnified in this place. Be glorified. It's more than a song. It's more than a song, oh God. Be lifted above it all. Let the atmosphere change as you are lifted, oh God. Be lifted in this place, Jesus. Be lifted in this place. Oh, be lifted, oh God above every other thing come on let your spirit rise let your spirit rise with praise let your spirit rise and exalt the king let your praises go up to the king let your praise rise let your eyes be lifted to the king of kings and the lord of lords let your eyes be lifted to the one who can change your situation let your eyes be lifted to the king there is no one like him no one above him, no one beside him. No one can take his place. No one can advise him. No one can instruct him. No one can give him wisdom. No one, no one. My God, we join the four and the twenty elders and we cast our crowns, oh God. We join the angels and we cry, Holy. You are holy. You are holy, Jesus. I promised you that no one would take your glory. Be lifted in this place. Precious Holy Spirit, we give you praise. In your mighty name I've prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you're not online, you have to give me gas. Because now the people online, I can't see them. I acknowledge my parents in the house. Hi, mommy. Hi, daddy. Nice to see you. Uh, my parents are in the house. As you can see, the height is from one side. The beauty is from another side. Uh, it's kind of split halfway, but they are here. So praise the Lord. My name is Diana. Um, I am many things. Uh, this is the week of Alabaster. I happen to chair the ministry. And uh, even as I start off, allow me to thank the leadership of the cathedral for the opportunity uh, to give us to minister in this place. And then also to thank the organizing team. Those people have paid a price. Those people have paid a price. It's quite something. Um, I'm grateful for the ladies that uh, the Lord has allowed to serve alongside me. And uh, for all that they give, uh, for the labor in prayer, the labor in fasting, the labor in giving, the labor in finding your way. It takes something to put a conference together. Amen? Are you blessed by this conference? Uh-uh, you're not there. Are you blessed by this conference? Ah, all right, all right, all right. Um, the passage, the topic today is strengthen the feeble knees. And uh, we're going to take our reading from Isaiah 35, verse 3 and 4. Strengthen the feeble knees. Turn to your neighbor. Say, strengthen the feeble knees. Strengthen the feeble knees. 
Uh, the scripture in Isaiah 35, verse 3 and 4 uh, says, Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Now, Hebrews 12 and 12. Hebrews 12 is where we're taking our theme from uh, this particular alabaster. And I, Hebrews 12, 12 references this particular scripture. And it says, if you turn to Hebrews 12 and verse 12, it says, therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level parts for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And I love this particular portion. Would you pray for me as I speak today? Um, as you have noticed, I'm seeming to become a fixture at this pulpit for some reason. Would you pray for me? Now, this particular portion uh, comes uh, as a, on a backdrop for the Israelites. God has pronounced judgment over Israel. And the previous chapter, Isaiah 34, God has spoken out about impending judgment. And he says to them that judgment is definitely coming. But the opening of this particular portion, uh, this particular chapter... God is giving them a new promise that despite whatever has happened, despite everything that has, that has come their way, he says to them that the deserts will blossom. And they won't just blossom, but they will blossom abundantly and they will rejoice. He says to them that this dry and arid place, this place that, you, that has become a wasteland, it will blossom again. Now Assyria uh, had come against them, but Assyria had been turned back. And we can see that this prophecy has come to pass over the years. It's not just a prophecy in the time that was given, was given in the time of Isaiah, but he also spoke to them as if they would receive their deliverance in that moment. But it wasn't just about that moment. There was a futuristic thing to this particular prophecy. Because even then as Assyria turned back, you saw that they had some form of peace. But also now we can see that Israel, which is also a desert place, has farm, has farms along this, um, in their particular region and people get for them, get, get food from them. But in the future, we all know that when God restores Israel, they will understand what it means to blossom. The portion also says that the promise of the wasteland and the wilderness, that wasteland and the wilderness shall be glad. Westland, because the place had been full of war, it had been full of famine, it had been full of strife. The wilderness is a dry and an arid place. It's a place nobody can think that you would get a plant out of. It's a place that you cannot till and farm and you'd necessarily get a crop out of. But God is saying to them that despite what the Westland looks like, despite what the land looks like, that in this dry and wasted place, I will make it blossom. I will, make their, I will make it abundantly rejoice. But more than that, I will make it glad. The promise to them in this particular situation, this, God is saying to them, despite what you see is around you, despite what you, are, what you recognize around you, this situation 
can change. That I am a God of seasons. I hold seasons in my hand. God, in, God does not exist in time. He simply steps into time for you to understand him. But God himself does not exist in time. He holds seasons in his hand. He can call rain. He can call the heat. He can call the snow. Those of us don't, want, don't, don't understand snow. He can call snow and he can call another season. God changes times and seasons. Seasons do never get God by surprise. They may get you by surprise, but they never get God by surprise. And God is saying to these people, even if you're in a dry place, even if you have been wasted by war, even if you have been wasted because of your sin, I can change this situation. It doesn't take me too much to change this situation. It doesn't take me uh, whatever it takes a human being to change. God is saying to them that no situation is permanent. No situation lasts forever. Times and seasons come and go. And as the prophet is speaking to them, he's saying to them, it may be dry. It may be a wasted land. It may look like it's not going to turn around. But you can be glad. This, gl this land can rejoice. This land can receive the abundance of God. Ah. So the first thing he says to them in this place is strengthen the weak hands. Strengthen the feeble hands. Because they are afraid of what has come against them. They are afraid of what they are looking, is that, what is around them. And you know that very idea that he's saying strengthen the weak hands is because their hands are physically weak. When it says feeble, it means that there's some... There's some they are physically weak. It means that the hands have not been trained. Those of you who exercise, I am, uh, I partly exercise. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I mean, the season of not. But as, as if you exercise, the one thing that they do in exercise, they call it strength training. When they are strength training you, they will give you weights to lift. They will give you weights to lift and the first time that you try it, trust me, you may not be able to lift even 20 kilograms, but the first time that you try it, you will go home with your muscles sore and they will be so sore that you will wonder why you went to the gym. They will be so sore you will cast your gym trainer. They will be so sore you will regret that you carried those weights. But you see that what the, what the weight is doing is in that moment it is stretching your muscle beyond its capacity it is stretching your muscle and saying you can, you can do this because when the muscle becomes healed, it becomes stronger the weight it can, it is not able to uphold today, tomorrow it will be able to uphold the idea is that the constant use of that weight, the constant bearing up of that weight is to strengthen your muscle and so when the, when the, when the prophet is speaking to them to strengthen their muscle, think of it in that way that he's saying strengthen when he's saying strengthen your hands, the hands are a symbol of productivity. And so he's saying because of the weakness of your hands, you're not as productive as you ought to be. Amen? You're not as productive as you ought to be. Every time your hands are weak, it's a symbol that your productiv productivity has been hampered. It's a symbol that there is no fruit coming out of your labor. It's a symbol that luck is sort of around you. But yet the prophet is saying that in this moment, you need to strengthen your hands because you need to be productive despite what the land looks like, despite 
despite what the situation looks like. He's saying strengthen your hands because they are weak. And it need, it's a signal that your productivity needs to come forth. Part of, part of the blessings of obedience, uh, when you read Deuteronomy 28, it speaks about the hands. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12 says, The Lord will open the heavens, his abundant storehouse, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. This particular portion of scripture is giving a certain conducive atmosphere that allows productivity to come forth. It's saying that if you will obey God, there is a condition for which you will become productive. And this is the condition that this scripture says. One, there has to be an open heaven. Two, that the open heaven has to tap into the abundancy of the storehouse that the Lord has. The third one is that there will be rain, that God will send rain on the land. But you see, after all that has been fulfilled, what it also adds for you is that the Lord needs to bless the works of your hands. The Lord needs to bless your works of your hands. You see, God has a part to play and he does his part. He's what? One, he creates an open heaven. Two, he sends rain on the land and then two, he opens the abundancy of the store. And yet, after all is said and done, there has to be a response from you. And you see, the response from you is that you work with your hands. But you see, that work has to be productive and it requires the blessing of the Lord. Before you can before you can see the kind of increase that you desire, where you lend and not borrow, you have to be able to be productive. The Lord is saying to the people in this time, as, they are, as their captivity is being turned around, that, what, that if you will strengthen your hands, the restoration that I'm bringing upon you will be realized, but there is a part for you to play. There is a part for you to behold that you have to cooperate with heaven. You have to cooperate with the earth and you have to do your part. Your part is using your hands. Your part is strengthening those feeble hands. Your part is to constantly exercise those hands that they will be strong. Amen. Every time you work out, every time you do a strength exercise, every time you push your muscles to the limit, you get the ability to hold up the weight. What you are doing is you are building up strength. Every time that muscle hurts, every time you go back to the gym, what you are doing is strengthening your muscle. And your body, which has been sore for days, will now begin to bear up the load. So what does it mean for us? What does it mean for us practically? What strengthens us as believers? This is the sad, this is the hard truth. Trials and hardships. Trials and hardships. Trials and hardships have a way in which they push you to your limit. They push you to your limit. But what they're really coming to do is to build up a level of stamina is to build up a level within you where, the, where, where you can resist anything that comes your way, where you can bear up under a weight. The Israelites were about to undergo a season of hardship, but the Lord was saying to them that if you intend to survive in this season, if you intend to come out of this season, strengthen your hands. Amen? 
strengthen your hands. The scripture says that if you turn aside in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What is simply saying to you that when you run up across a hardship, when you find a hardship and you decide to shrink back or you decide to turn away, the diagnosis that it's giving you is your strength is small. Your strength is small. You still need to conquer that level. There's a level that you have not arrived where you can withstand the pressure that life is putting against you. And so the... And so the, the, the the diagnosis or what the scripture is telling you is strengthen yourself. Put on the strength that you need. Build endurance on the inside of you. That when endurance has had its finished work, you will be mature, you will be complete, you will be lacking nothing. Amen? Amen. The second aspect that it says is strengthen the feeble knees. Because the knees, the knees the way they are, the knees... That the function of the knees I have found is to bear up the weight. Usually when you're too heavy, your knees suffer, right? When you are, when you are too heavy, I'm, 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 I'm a kind of person who, who used to run. And when I have been out of exercise for some time, uh, the body can be quite flabby. So the knees hurt when you run. And you will feel it. And you see... That's, 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 what, that's what the scripture is speaking about here. That the knees are weak. And they are saying they are also feeble. In other words, they are flabby. There is no muscle for them to go on. The knees also help you with progress to move forward. Because the knees assist the leg to to walk. And this particular part, when it says that strengthen the feeble knees, it is saying that your, product, that your progress has been hindered. Amen. Amen. When your progress is hindered, it means that there is something wrong with your knees. Exercise helps you to train up that body. Exercise helps you to firm up those muscles. Every time before you're going to run, they will make you do strength exercises. In fact, they will tell you to do knee exercises to strengthen the knees. Because the more resistant or the firmer your knees are, the more they're able, they're able to bear the weight that they have to carry. The more they're able to cooperate with the rest of your body. And so weak knees means that there is lack of progress. Your progress has been hampered, it has been hindered, and you cannot move forward. It means that there is no speed in your life. It means that you are really walking at a slow pace compared to where you're supposed to be. Each and every single one of us, God marked out your life before you were born. He set a destiny plan for you. There is a prophetic destiny over you that at a certain time you are supposed to be in this place. At a certain season you're supposed to be in this place. But many of us are so weak in the spirit that we miss so many opportunities and we have missed our seasons. And the reason we actually hold these conferences is to remind you that you need to get up and move to the place that God has called you to be. That you cannot afford to be weak in a season such as this. That you can't afford to faint when adversity comes your way. That you can't afford to back down because things have gotten hard. And so when the the, the, the prophet is speaking to them. He says there is something that you need in this time. You need to have strong knees. It will help you progress. It will help you keep up with the pace of your prophetic destiny. It will help you keep up with where God has called you to be. Let me tell you, and let me just take a pause here. If you do not know the prophetic blueprint over your life, you must ask yourself, are you walking in your season? Hmm? 
You need to know the, blue, the blueprint of your life. And so it's important because you will understand what progress is. You won't be trying to measure yourself against somebody else. You won't be trying to say we went to the same school, we went to the same class, but the person is driving a bigger car, they're in a bigger office. No. What is the prophetic blueprint over your life? Amen? Amen. Despite the trials that were coming their way, the Lord says to them, strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself. Because that is the response that the Lord expects from us in the place of battle. That is the response that he expects. That we will get up and fight regardless of what is coming our way. This this. This, this particular season for the Israelites was a difficult season. Fine, it was a time of punishment because of their sin. And so many enemies were coming against them. But for, for the, 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 the mechanism or what God was giving them to get out of this was saying, put on strength. Put on strength. If you find yourself hindered, because your pace is too slow, because there is no progress, because, you, you, because your hands are not making anything or producing anything. Uh, the diagnosis I'm telling you that you need today is to put on strength. Amen. Don't settle for less. Don't settle. Many times in life when we meet trials and troubles, the easiest and most humanistic thing to do is to shrink back. Most of us even build an epitaph. We build a home in that place and say, I'm going no further. If this is what it looks like, I don't want to go any further. When the Israelites were leaving Egypt, they, the Lord said, I will not take them through the shorter, shorter route because they will meet battle and they will turn back. Look, what God was simply saying is they are too weak to face battle. But he said, I will take them round a longer route. In taking them round a longer route, the Lord was building capacity in them. He knew that if they met battle at that moment, they would be, they would be willing to shrink back. But he said, if I take them, if I take them round a longer route in the place of the desert, in feeding them manna, in providing for them daily, in allowing them face different things, in allowing them to worship me on different mountains, I am building their capacity. I am building their strength. But you see, the Israelites kept longing for Egypt. That when things got hard, what did they say to Moses? If you had left us, we would be eating meat. If you had left us, we would be eating watermelon. We would be happy. What, 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 was, what were they simply saying? Behind was better than what is ahead. Because ahead, ahead did not look like milk and honey. It did not look like the land that the Lord had promised them. When God promises you the land of milk and honey, let me tell you, there's a desert in between. When God promises you and he says a word over your life, I like to tell my housemate, every time the Lord speaks a word over my life, I first sit down. Because now I know there is a desert in between that is coming. Let me tell you, may, you may be in the desert of your life, wondering, God spoke things over my life. I don't see them. But the desert is what is building you. The you that needs to possess the promised land. The you that needs to take the milk and honey. The you that God desires. Because if you go the way you were in Egypt, you won't have the capacity to carry what is in the promised land. You don't have the strength it takes to sustain when God promises you are lifting and it doesn't look like it is coming. It is because you still don't have the capacity to sustain that lifting. And in that moment, all the Lord is saying is build strength. Amen. I love this. One of the preachers I know said this, and I love it so much. It says the same energy it takes to finish is the same energy it takes to go back. Yeah? So why go back? 
The same energy it takes to go back is the same energy it takes to finish the race. And every time you run into a storm, as believers, your first response should not be to shrink back. Your first response should not be to turn down. Your first response should be, how can I get through this? Because when you recognize that God works in seasons and times, and this season might be a desert season, you are able to work with God to build the strength that he desires, desires to build in you. And so what am I saying today? To strengthen those feeble knees. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Put on, the str put on strength, O sleeper, like a God put on strength because when you put on strength as a garment you are able to face every single trial that comes your way the other thing that the scripture says to them is say to those who are fearful hearted be strong behold your God will come it doesn't say that he might come it doesn't say that he's thinking about coming it says behold your God will come how will he come he will come in vengeance with recompense with the recompense of God he will come and save you he will come and save you. The promises of scripture are true. The scripture says the promises of God are yes. And together with the saints say, amen. If God says it in his word, I said it the other day. If God says it, you've got to believe it wholeheartedly. That regardless of what the situation looks like, if he said it, he will do it. And so when he's saying to them, he's saying to them, the Lord is saying to them that despite what the situation looks like, do not fear. So he's saying today to the fearful hearted, to that one that is afraid, do not fear. And what is he saying? That, what is he saying? That be strong. Be strong. Why? Because those that know their God will be what? Will be strong. It's not just that you know God. It's what you know about, about God that makes you strong. It's what you know about this God. It's not just plain to say those that know their God will be strong. It's what you have believed about this God that makes you strong. Amen? Amen. This God who doesn't slumber or sleep can never waver in his promises. He does not lie. He will come forth and he will come forth in power. When he's saying to them, I will come, I will surely come. I will come and save you. I don't know which situation the Lord needs to come and save you from this day. But hear the word of God that do not be fearful. Be strong. The Lord is coming. He's on his way to save you. He's on his way to make that situation change. Amen? Amen. The knowledge that you have of this God will allow you to be strong. The reason God, the reason you're going through seasons and times and wondering about the change of seasons and times is because for you, this may be a situation, this may be a time of building strength. This may be a time of you farming up the things that God taught you in a season before. And as you walk through this season into your other season, allow the Lord to make you. Allow the Lord to remove the things that he needs to remove but more than ever ever before allow the Lord to strengthen you he will come he will come I love the way that verse say, ends it says he will come with vengeance to judge every situation when the God of vengeance arises you people trust me he arises and he pays back he deals with every enemy the way an enemy should be dealt with when the, I love the Psalms that says the Lord said to my Lord 
sit at my right hand until I make your enemies at your footstool. Trust me, this God who repays, he repays in full. Amen? He will come to compensate. He will come to restore. He will come to make glad. He will come to lift. He will come to bring back. He will come to bring divine retribution. He will come and save you. Amen. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Hebrews 12 and verse 12, that particular portion that I referenced earlier on, or particular reference, I love the way that scripture also ends. It says, make level paths for your feet, or make straight paths for your feet. Now we know what it means if your hands are weak, that your productivity is limited. We know what it means when your knees are weak, that your progress is limited. But now that you have put on strength, it's more than strength you need to survive a battle. You need a straight path. Amen? Don't sleep on me. You need a straight path. You need a straight path. When the arms are strong and the knees are already also strong, you need to be able to walk because your progress, can, your progress will be hindered not just by the weakness of your spirit, not just by the weakness of who you are, but it can be hindered by your paths being unleveled. And so the scripture is saying that if I want to put off discouragement, if I want to put off everything, my path needs to be straight. The road that, the place that you're walking in needs to be straight. When we think about path, we think about a road, uh, a pathway that people have made. The idea of a road is that you'll get to your destination. The idea of a pathway is that you're going to get to your destination, not the footpaths that people make on their own when they don't want to walk the proper walk. But the idea of, of, of this is that you would find your direction. It helps you save time, get to where you want to get. It's not sometimes like Google Maps that says you have arrived and when you're right next to a bush. It, it, the idea is that the road will lead you to a particular path. And when, you, when people come up with roads, I suppose engineers are coming up with roads and other professions, they look at certain things for them to create a path. They will look at the terrain. They will look at the terrain. Is it feasible to make this particular road here? And how expensive is it to put this pathway? Amen? So pathways in themselves are designed by people who are actually experts. And they look at the ability or the feasibility of putting that particular pathway in that sense. In the same way, Jesus, the Bible says, is the way, the truth, and the life. The kind of pathway that you need can only be found in Jesus. He is the only perfect way that you will ever find. When it's saying make, find, make the pathway straight, he's saying make your path in Jesus because in him you cannot get lost. In him you will find all the answers that you need. In Jesus, if he comes fast and if you run to him fast, then your pathway will be made straight because in him the terrain that is called your life has been made straight. The second other part that, it say, that, that, that talks about a pathway is the word of God. The scripture says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word guides you along this terrain rain called life. It gives you light. It brings light. It brings light to your path. It illuminates. It's easy to be walking along a path, but it is difficult if it is 
dark. Because as much as God is the way, the truth, and the life, he has exalted his word above his name. And he gives you that word to be the light for your path. Because you may have, you may have eyes, but if you walk into a dark room, you still cannot see what is around you. You need the word of God to give you light. You need light upon your system to allow you see the path that it is called. The scripture says that uh, the entrance of his word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple term. You need the word of God. You need the word of God to bring light, to bring understanding. The straight path that God is calling these people to make. He's saying make the, the path straight. Why? There is a purpose, there's a purpose through which the path has got to be made straight. Because so that you will not be lame. Uh, so that the lame will not be disabled, but rather healed. The lame is the one who is feeble. The lame is the one who still has crooked knees. The lame is the one who is out of shape. The lame is the one who won't exercise their, their strength. The longer you stay in the, lane, in the lane of the lame, the longer you stay there, the more permanent your disability becomes. If you sit in your pain, if you sit in your discouragement, if you sit and wonder if anything good will ever come, this is what the scripture says of you, that the longer you sit in that situation, you will become disabled. What it's saying to you is if you let discouragement take over you, I'm coming to the end. If you let discouragement take over you, over you, if you let situations overwhelm you, if you let everything about life throw you left, right, and center, you will become lame. You will become disabled. But it's saying let this, make this pathway straight. Find your pathway in Jesus. Let the word be so saturated on the inside of you that you would beat out discouragement and you will be healed. Amen? So what is my charge to us today? Weak hands, don't allow yourself to be unproductive. Weak knees, there is progress for you, waiting for you if you will strengthen yourself. Those who are fearful-hearted, do not turn back. Those who are losing or have lost their way, their pathway, this is what the charge is today. Put on strength, be strong, and come to the King. Amen? Amen? Ah, let us pray, let us pray, let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this moment and in this time. I don't know what part of this message has made sense to you. I don't know where it is that you need strength. I don't know where it is that you need to put on strength. Oh, maybe your productivity has been hindered. Maybe your progress has been hindered. Whatever part in you, I just invite you in this moment. I invite you to whisper to God. I invite you to talk to God and say, Lord, I want to put on strength. I want to put on strength, strength for my arms, strength for my knees. I want to put on strength, oh God. I want to put on strength. Lord, strengthen my knees, strengthen these arms. They have been too weak. The truth is, Lord, I've sat down in the place of battle. I have sat down in the place of battle. I have turned back. But I want to be strong. 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 I have discovered in you that there is a way. I have discovered in you that you are the perfect way. I have discovered in you, O oh God. So here I am. Present yourself to God. Oh God, we need strength. This is the season where we need strength.
Lord, there is so much happening, but we need strength. We need strength. We need strength. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us, my God, to put on strength this day. To put on strength, oh God. It's a season where we need strength. It's a season, Lord, where we need strength, oh God. Father, there is so much battle around us. And many of us have been discouraged. Where there is a garment of heaviness. Oh God, where there is a garment of despair. Oh, rip it out this afternoon, oh God. Rip out every garment of despair. That one that's discouraged about work. That one that has been discouraged about work. That one that is discouraged and doesn't know what to do. That one that is discouraged and saying, I have served God, but my life doesn't seem to be turning around. The Lord says to you this afternoon, put on strength. Put on strength, it's just but a season. Seasons come and go. Seasons come and go. Come on, daughter of the Most High King. Come on, everybody in this household and put on strength. Put on strength. Put on strength. Put on strength. God, we put on strength this afternoon. We give ourselves over to you. Lord, I pray that this word will bear fruit. Not just fruit, but fruit that will last. I pray for that one that is weak, that one that is discouraged. Lord, that you will, that you will penetrate that atmosphere and bring light. Lord, lift up the garment of darkness and despair. Lift up the garment of darkness and despair over somebody this afternoon. Lift up that garment. Lift it up, Lord. There's an oil of gladness that has got to come. There's an oil of gladness that has got to come. That garment of despair, Lord, that has kept someone down. Lord, lift it up. Let the oil of gladness come. Let the oil of gladness come, Jesus. Let the oil of gladness come, Lord. Sing over them a new song. Sing over them a new song, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let them receive a new perspective of you. Strengthen the feeble knees. Strengthen the arms tonight. Father, do, do something new in somebody's life. Do something new in somebody's life. Jesus, remove every garment of despair. Lord, there needs to be a lifting tonight. Remove every garment of despair. Lord, across this place on online, remove the garment of despair. Sing over them, O oh God. Sing over them, O oh God, with songs of deliverance. Rejoice over them, Lord, that strength will rise on the inside of them. Rejoice over them, Jesus. Oh, that one that's discouraged. Ah, Jesus, sing over them a new song. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your might. Thank you for your power. May your word produce fruit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen.